Get ready to stand on guard for the... Prohibition is over, Saskatchewan. Ask lucky bastard today how you can make Canada's ultimate Caesar, true north and strong. Featuring lucky bastard's premium dill pickle vodka, LB's famous bacon rimmer, and bacon bitters. It's not a Caesar if it's not lucky bastard. Order online or stop by 814 47th Street East. And tonight, why not mix your Caesar with some lucky bastard? Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network and the official podcast of Left Wing Lock, your number one source for fantasy hockey intelligence. I'm Devin Davidson, your host with me, as always, Bruce Gunther. Hello. And that's it. That's all. That's it. (laughs) Just the two of us. Old faithful here, you and I. (laughs) Seems that way. Yeah. These other guys, well, we we know John's pretty much getting, uh, getting put to work more than he'd probably like to. Yeah, and, and they're working him like a government mule. <laughs> and of course, Tyler's playing hockey tonight, and so he just he just texted us and said, uh, "Not going to make it. Just finished up, so that's okay. Um, we'll uh, we'll just get right to business, I guess." Episode eighty nine, NHL Fantasy Preview Week Seven. This episode is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers. Opened in two thousand twelve and inspired from a lottery win, Lucky Bastard Distillers is proud to be the first distillery to operate in Saskatoon since Prohibition. Home of Canada's ultimate Caesar mix your drink tonight with Lucky Bastard. Use promo code HockeyHacks to get 15% off your next online order. Shipping available across Canada. And I might have to mix myself a uh, hot toddy later, Bruce. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had yeah. a few of those when I was younger. Yeah, so the kids have the sniffles, and Britt's got the sniffles, and I'm kind of less than <laughs> 100% right now. So what are those later? We just ship the kids into the basement when they're sick. Go down, don't come back up until you're healthy. <laughs> There's food well, in the bathroom down there. They'll be fine. One day. One day when they're a little older. <laughs> Send my 18-month-old downstairs. Get out of here. <laughs> you boat. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let's just get to it. No John tonight, so we're just going to call this the hacks list. Um, yeah, no kidding. If you've been listening or if you haven't been listening before, uh, John's. This is just basically John's shit list of players, past and present, as well as interesting and current topics from around the hockey world. Uh, if you have suggestions for players or topics, send them in to us. We always love to hear from listeners. Uh, this week, depending on who you are, you're either going to say "Yep, absolutely" or "Stop being a crybaby." Um, <laughs> Alex Edler makes the list for leading with his knee on Connor McDavid. Fuck him. Alex Edler can. <laughs> get bent because that was garbage and you know what all these people out there saying that oh it was a clean hit or um you know obviously it wasn't intentional or connor connor moved and made it worse no that's horseshit you know what alex edler has a history of this hyman was pissed you saw him in intermission he said he was trying so hard not to blow a gasket on national television. <laughs> yeah, you could just see it on his it's... face. And he's like, he did the exact same thing to me 18 months ago. I was out for two months. Um, dirty fucking play. And you know what? When you watch the video back at regular speed and in slow motion, it looks bad either way. And I embedded the tweet into our blog, so go sure, be sure to check that out, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. It's in, it's in the, the notes there. But you can see he changes the direction of his leg when Connor moves. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't like it at all. I, his whole approach angle, I didn't like, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm going to do this, but this doesn't work. I'm just going to stick my knee out. It's like, yeah, it's kind of how I looked at it, but. Yep. To, to quote John, it was a trash play. Yes. From a trash player. And you know what? He might be a nice guy, but as far as hockey goes, trash. And with that, we'll move on to the Fantasy Lock of the Week for November 13th to the 20th, presented by Left Wing Lock. Um, I also approve of this player. Okay, so I, I yeah, I went with Pavel Buchnevich, left wing, right wing eligible, 80% rostered. He must be on your roster then, Bruce. Yeah, he's on my FHHL team. There you go. Uh, a few guys that's actually scoring on my FHHL team. <laughs> he's crushing right now. 12 points, 4 goals in 12 games played to date this season. Uh, he's got eight points, or he had eight points, three goals, two power play points, one game winner, 10 shots, plus five, 
just under 70% power play share and 19 minutes time on ice in four games played during week six. So he looked really good. I think he had uh, had four points last night, two goals, two assists. You know what? I didn't, uh, I didn't look. I was just happy. I was still in the lead. (laughs) I'm going to pull up his profile here. Let me see. Um, Oh, here I can pull up his last night one pretty fast. Yeah, I just yeah. put my team up. So two goals, two uh, yeah. assists, plus yeah. four. That helps because uh, that's the only category I'm not going to win this week in the end. <laughs> <laughs> my team pulled in a collective minus nineteen this week, where uh, Taylor's Oof. team was a plus four. Nice, but uh, yeah, everything else except for shutouts, it was uh, it was all me. There you go. It's gonna. It's the only time it's gonna happen this year, so I might as well enjoy it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been good. I I didn't. Uh, I don't think any of us really appreciated how good he was when he was in New York. And it seems like the last couple years in St. Louis, he's just been. Well, he was pretty good in New York in 2020. Yeah. Um, he was he was pretty good for the for the Blues last year, and then well, the Blues started like were brutal here for the first while, and now they've seemed to. Have, picked themselves up back together and they've been on a bit of a roll here. Bennington like he, realized he can stop the puck again, so that's good. Yep. Yeah, so like fire sale him. Well, he and he's always seems to have been that way the past few years. He's always up and down. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's not an even kill guy. You, you no, watch him on the ice, he's anything but. The only problem for St. Louis is they've got Grice is the one behind him and he, he's terrible. <laughs> so not many other options there, so there's not many other options. So it's it's Bennington or Bust or Bennington or a sheet of plywood, whatever you want to put back there. Oh. Well, it's funny and going back to Ryan O'Reilly, um pretty much right on cue. I mean, I kinda alluded to it in last week's episode, but he continued down that path again this week. And he's looked pretty good. So for those of you that held on to him, good good on you. And for those of you that picked him up off the wire, also kudos to you. Nice work. Yeah, Tyler Grog or T- Tyler. Taylor, Tyler. Tyler did, yeah. Tyler. yeah. Oh, yeah, we Tyler talked about that last week because I was yeah. dumb enough to drop him. But anyway. I, I have missed so many players off the wire because I just totally forget that, hey, there should put a claim in. It's like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Three days later, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of been one of those those years. I don't know. Um, we've all got stuff going on, right, between you and I and Bruce and Tyler. So, Oh, yeah. it's We're doing our best here. Yeah. Okay, with that, Bruce, let's head to headlines with the hacks for November thirteenth uh, to the twentieth. All right, take it away. So we'll kind of split this up into categories. So I've got we'll start with the injury stuff first, kind of the good, the bad, and what to watch. Uh, we'll start with the bad news here uh, for Toronto Maple Leaf fans. The it was announced Jake Muzzin is out indefinitely with a cervical spine injury, which sounds really creepy to me. Um, sounds terrible. It's going to be. He's going to be reevaluated in February. Uh, TJ Brody was also placed on IR with an oblique injury. So the Leafs defense is pretty badly depleted. That's their two top defensemen, basically. Yeah. Defensive defensemen, anyway. Uh, Patrick Lyoning is going to miss three to four weeks with a sprained ankle. Guy, he just got back in the lineup after his elbow. Yeah. Take another, another one out here. Um, the Avs defense has taken an absolute beating here. Uh, Curtis McDermott will be out four to six weeks a lower, with a lower body injury. Uh, from what I understand, Gerard, Samuel Gerard is still considered, he's still out. It's still considered day to day, I believe. And Bowen Byram is still week to week. That's ouch. I gotta, you know, at some point, when's that kid just going to hang up his skates? Like, I, I don't know. It. It's a lot oh, of injuries. It, and Byram, it's a lower body injury. So it's not a concussion. It's, it's a lower body injury this time. So, but yeah, it's, they just think, can't seem to catch a break either of them, right? Gerard went out in the playoffs with broken sternum and he had injury issues last year too. So yeah, they don't have a, not having a ton of luck there, but they got Kale McCarr. So as long as he plays 60 minutes a night, they'll be fine. That's all good. That's all, all it takes. Uh, speaking of teams that can't catch a break. Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, they have lost now both Jake Bean to an upper body injury and Elvis Merlikens to a lower body injury. Uh, Elvis will be out a couple of weeks. I haven't heard of or seen an update on Jake Bean yet. 
Yeah, I thought Bean was out for a while. I, I can't remember. Yeah, the kind of the Bean injury, they kind of said it wasn't good, but that's all I kind of... Okay. That's kind of all I was able to find on it. Uh, Montreal Canadiens forward Jonathan Drouin is out four to six weeks with an upper, upper body injury. Uh, he suffered this one back in a game on November 5th. Uh, how happy are the Tampa Bay Lightning right now uh, with this trade? Like, Sergeyev is playing lights out. He just, just, he has just disposed basically or, or traded spots with Hedman on the power play now. So Hedman's on power play two and Sergeyev's on power play one. And Jaren can barely, between injuries and, and personal, he hasn't been able to stay in the lineup. So it's, Tampa's got to be pretty happy about that. Montreal, maybe not so much, but. I was actually thinking about Sergeyev and how the Oilers were planning to take him. Like, if if all had played out the way it was supposed to, Edmonton would have taken Sergeyev four in that draft. Who did they take in that draft? Pooley Oh yeah, that would have been much nicer. That that really screwed Did up I the say Oilers. That out loud? <laughs> yeah, no, that I mean, honestly, I I've like many Oilers fans, I've been very patient with Puliyarvi, but man, he he is a ghost out there most nights. It's you all. I guess refer to last or last night's game. It, it's like it's a play where it goes to die. As soon as it touches his stick, it's like the play dies. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it, and could you imagine if the Oilers had Sergachev in their lineup right now? Oh man, that would be so nice. Like Barry would have been long gone, I'm sure. Barry might not even have been on the team. Yeah, like, but Sergachev, like, he looks like a like a legitimate number one defenseman. Like, he just he's he's absolutely crushing right it this now. year. Yeah. So, no, that's great. Condolences to all your headman owners out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and for us Sergachev owners, we're we're quite happy. No kidding. Which is why I'm happy. Uh, Minnesota Wild announced on Wednesday that Wednesday that Mark Andre Fleury is out. Oh my goodness! I'm just gonna stop talking. Maybe <laughs> start over. Take two. Uh, so yeah, the Minnesota Wild announced on Wednesday that Mark Andre Fleury will be out with an upper body injury. He's considered day to day, but they said he's going to miss a, miss a bit of time here. So At least Mr. a week is what I saw. Yeah. So they brought up Gustafson from their AHL team and. He's played pretty well. He actually played great. I've got him on my roster right now in on our ESPN league. And what was it? 2-1. It was Carolina and Minnesota, right? Yeah. How about that Goligoski goal in the overtime from Stam Steele? Yeah. That that was cool. <laughs> like he well, and they had said that uh he was celebrating his one thousandth game. Like he they brought him in oh, the really? lineup. Yeah, like um, Goligoski. Yeah, so they showed that on Hockey Night in Canada, but you in the intermissions. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, so they, they they had he had the whole ceremony. He had like the silver stick. His family was all there. Uh, his parents were in the stands, and you know he'd been scratched a bunch this year. Yeah, and so of course they finally they're in Minnesota. They celebrate this thing with him, and he scores the the overtime winner. Uh, and that's so that was just a really cool story and. They interviewed him after, and he was just super emotional. Like he was. Well, I saw part of the interview. I'm like, like I didn't realize that he had that was all going on. I realized they had put him in the lineup and stuff like that, but I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, he was damn near tears was going on. Yeah, that's so, fantastic. That's cool. Those are the kind of stories you love to see, right? Absolutely, that's for sure. Um, actually, sorry, go ahead. I say we've got a couple more of those coming up farther down in the news too. So. Okay, well, let's continue down that path. Okay, so uh, Dallas Stars goaltender Scott Wedgwood was stretchered off the ice on Thursday, and they said with an upper body injury. Uh, after the game, they said he was moving around in good spirits, but I, I haven't heard anything other than that since then on on him. No, I didn't either. Um, I just saw the tweets, and I... Yeah, that was it. When I heard stretcher, I'm like, oh, God, but... They said he was up, up and around, walking around after the game. So, yep, that's Sounds good like news. Okay. Yep, yeah, for sure, that's good news. Um, not so much good news if you're a uh, Eric Comrie owner in fantasy. He's going to be out multiple weeks with a knee injury. What is it with goaltenders this year? 
Like it's, I, it's been a goaltender carousel, Bruce. Like everything's just been well. So this is music to to Nate's ears, hey? That's what <laughs> zero, I was going to say. Nate must just be singing because it's just yeah. I told you all. I told you. Yeah, that's well, and that's reflected in our waiver wire pickups this week because we've got lots of goaltender options. <laughs> that's good. I, I may need a couple this week. I got to replace Carter Hart because I think Philadelphia is on their natural trajectory towards the basement now. So. Well, I know you're trying to sell him to me, and I don't really want him that bad. <laughs> lots of starts. He'll get lots of starts. All the volume you want, yeah. <laughs> lots of volume. Lots of volume. All right. Last bad news piece for the week, at least injury-wise. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers of the Winnipeg Jets is going to have sports hernia surgery here next week. Uh, they haven't really set a timetable for his return, but it's going to be a while if he's having hernia surgery. Yes, yeah, so he will be. He's been on my IR for most of the year. He'll stay there until probably March, April. <laughs> you have that many IR spots? Well, I just have him on there now. Oh, not gonna. Work. I have a few players <laughs> in the ESPN anyway. Yeah. Ah, uh, so for the good injury news, uh, Jonathan Huberto, thankfully returned to the Calgary lineups uh, lineup on Monday after missing a few games. With an upper lower body injury, it depends on whether you go with the boot that was on his foot or the head in, or the upper body injury they talked about earlier. You never know. He just could have had to take a shit for a few days too. You never know. You never but. know. You never know. <laughs> uh, he returned to the lineup and scored his 200th career goal. Uh, Matt Murray was activated off LTIR by the Toronto Maple Leafs on Tuesday. He started versus the Penguins and he has won his last two games. He's good. pretty darn good in the process. So yeah, I'm really happy. That's one less player on my IR and one less goalie I have to worry <laughs> about. For now. Uh, Ty- Tyler Bertuzzi returned to the Red Wings lineup here on Tuesday versus the Ducks. And the Seattle Kraken activated goaltender Philip Grubauer from LTIR on Friday. And he was the backup to Martin Jones on their game Saturday night. So Jones has looked pretty good through his last few, well, Really, I think all season he's looked pretty good, um, surprisingly. He's really good. But the Kraken have just been a total surprise this year, too. So Yes. Um, I don't know that Grubauer is – he's going to get some starts, obviously, but he's going to have yeah, they're to really wanna impress. Give, yeah, they're going to they're gonna want to give Jones a bit of a rest here. He's played a lot of games in the past, past little while here. Yeah, so keep an eye on that situation. But for now, Jones is still the guy to own. Well, I would think so. I hope so. Me too. <laughs> And some injury news to keep an eye on. Word out of Arizona is that Nick Schmaltz and Jacob Chikrin will return to the Coyotes lineup on the 21st. That's tomorrow in their game from Nashville. Um, Which would be a big boost to the Coyotes to get both of them back in the lineup. And, of course, getting Chikrin in the lineup and playing, that's going to feed trade rumors like crazy. They're going to be fanning the flames all week here. The longer he plays, the bigger chance he gets traded. So... Well, there's there's talk now too. The Oilers are interested in Chikrin. Like I, I still think the Oilers need to bolster their D somehow. I don't know that they can afford to do Chikrin, but um, they sent Tyson Berry the other way. You know, like there's maybe something like that that could happen because I think because they've got similar contracts, don't they? Berry and and Chikrin in terms of dollar value. Oh, I don't know, contract guy. But you're doing headlines right now, so I'll look doing into headlines. it. Headlines. I'll look into it. Okay. While we're doing that, we're gonna. Move on to the next one. So Travis Konechny left Thursday night's game with a hand injury. At least we think is a hand injury. There was no uh, no update post-game. Uh, he also missed Saturday night's game versus Montreal as well. They've been pretty battered here and bruised with injuries as well. Uh, another another injury to keep an eye on. Uh, Rupe Hintz was a late scratch in the Dallas Stars game Saturday night with a lower body injury. Uh, there was no updates on that either, so... Got a question? Yeah, I got my hand See up here. Hands um, up. Yep, yep. So, <laughs> uh, Jacob Chikrin, $4.6 million until 2025, at which point he'll be a UFA. And our buddy Tyson Berry, uh, $4.5 million, and he is a UFA after 2023, 2004. 24. There you go. Yeah. One so, yes. for one? Well, like those. <laughs> Sweeten the deal, right? I mean, I, I would say, like, Chicken doesn't want to be there. Um, no. 
so yeah, make the deal and and obviously it's not fair straight across. But so if the Oilers can sweeten that deal a bit, maybe uh, Puliarvi. Well, yeah. There you go. So, so maybe Puliarvi and and Barry, yeah, and that could pay. That's a gamble that Arizona is willing to take. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. If, and yeah, you know that. And if they could do that, that would clear some cap space for Edmonton too. And then maybe they can make another deal to to bring a guy like Keenan. in. So all of a sudden you yeah. got Kane and Trickin in your roster. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that'd be very nice. You could have a lineup with McDavid, McDavid or Drysaddle with Kane and Kane. <laughs> yeah. And actually, speaking of Evander Kane, did you watch him on After Hours last night? I sure did. Yeah, that was good. I, I really enjoyed that interview, actually. And uh, he seems very optimistic that he's going to get back faster than the anticipated timeline. Just the biggest thing I noticed from the interview wasn't so much the content, Body language. Yeah. You go from when they brought him in last year, right? And everything was kind of contentious and stuff like that. He looked very relaxed, like positive. Like there was no, yeah. Like there was no, no, almost no, I guess. No tension. Animosity is the right. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. It's just like, it's, you know what? I'm hurt. We're going to come back and we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to like, it's, Something you haven't seen in his body language in quite some time, even when he was in San Jose. I, I, so that's a thousand percent agree, Bruce. Like, I, I know exactly what you're saying because when he came in, when he was introduced to the media his first day in Edmonton, he was mm-hmm. very tense. He's very guarded. Oh, yeah. Right. It was like he was yeah. expecting to get shit on. And so he was answering a lot of those questions. And yeah. last night, you could see he was he like the, I, the guy feels at home in Edmonton, right? I think he just seems legitimately happy there. Yeah, and there wasn't too many like too. And they asked him a couple of tough questions too. It's it wasn't yeah. like they were throwing muffins at him. They they asked. There's a couple of tough questions there that for him to to answer. And I, I liked was, his uh, what was his response? Scott Oak asked him something like, um, "What were you thinking after putting up 13 goals in the playoffs and 20 goals and?" whatever it was, and there's there's no way the Oilers can afford you, right? And he goes, Scott, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> I, and would he have said that last? Like, I don't know, but he was just being honest, right? It was really yeah. funny. Like, Well, and he was, yeah, like I said, just body language, the way he was talking with him is just totally different person than what you've seen before when he conducts, yeah. when he's usually in an interview, right? It's it's totally different. Like, yeah. you, you would well, have never seen him say that before, so... No, and and young daughter Let's, at home, and so you kind of got a glimpse yeah. of like his home life, and it just seems like everything's really good there. And uh, honestly, his wife, his ex-wife, she yeah. she goes on the list permanently too, because some of the shit I've seen from her, um, she's a little psycho, brutal. She is a I nut think. job. So like I can, yeah, I'm not saying Kane's perfect, but man, she has some issues, and it was pretty evident yeah. after his injury. Oh, I missed that. Oh, she. She posted something. She was basically half naked. Um, she has an OnlyFans, by the way. So, nice. yeah, and she said something right after he, he was cut and he went off the ice bleeding. She said, all smiles over here. That was all she said on her on this, like, Instagram story. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, then, and then the next story after that, like, 10 minutes later, was like, for more great content, check out my OnlyFans. <laughs> It's like you've got to be fucking kidding me. So anyway, I just well, I I, somebody else makes the money it. somehow, right? Yeah. So ridiculous. Oh, anyway, I totally took us off the rails here, Bruce. Sorry, that's all right. Uh, in other news, I'm going to butcher <laughs> this name again. <laughs> I I'm assuming Peter Kochetkov. Kochetkov, yeah, Is, Kuchetkov? yeah, Peter Peter Kochetkov. That's probably not right, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Uh, goaltender for the Carolina Hurricanes recorded his first career shutout versus the Blackhawks on Monday. 27 save win, 27 save and a 3 nothing win over the the Blackhawks. Uh, and since then, he is two. Oh, God, I had this written down, but I think I accidentally deleted it. He has been fantastic for Carolina. He took the tough loss against Minnesota the other night, but basically from what everyone is saying is uh, Frederick Anderson can take his time and heal. The, uh, the crease is pretty safe here the way Ranta and Kat- Kachetkov have been playing here at least this week anyway so I'm just looking at his numbers here like on the season he's got three starts mm-hmm. 1.32 goals against average and 943 save percentage and one shutout not bad at all no not he's been fantastic and 
He's been alternating starts with Ranta. Yeah. I mean, because Ranta's, Ranta's always been a, a good, serviceable He's been solid. Yep. Yeah. But this kid's posting some some pretty good numbers right now. And just, uh, and two, both Ranta and Anderson are uh, UFAs at the end of the season too, so. Yeah, so somebody's not coming back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, John Tavares scored his 400th career goal versus the Penguins on Tuesday night. He's having a good year. He's having a very good year again. That's good for him. Yep. He's got to earn that $10 million contract. <laughs> uh, yep, he does. <laughs> uh, that still burns my butt. Anyway, next. And <laughs> uh, some lighter news. Phil the Thrill Kessel of the Vegas Golden Knights reached the 1,000 consecutive games played mark on Thursday. I added a couple of pictures here into the show notes. I don't know if that made it up into the blog or not, but I just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add it to the blog right now. I, j- I just saw this, so... So, pretty nice-looking jersey here that the Golden Knights had made up for him. They have on the sleeves each each of the teams he played for and how many games they played for him. That's really cool. And, you know, I totally forgot about this, that he's a cancer survivor on top of this yet yeah because he had cancer during his early playing days in buffalo in buffalo in boston so that's that's even more impressive he I, you know what i phil kessel's a an easy guy to cheer for i think oh absolutely i i'm i'm a big i've been a fan since since toronto it's like he's he's not your prototypical nhl player at all when you look at him, he's not, he doesn't do all the heavy physical training and stuff like that. But yet when you ask him to do it, he'll destroy everybody in the room. Like it's just, he is, <laughs> he's, uh, just yeah. he's just an incredible player. And still he's playing what, his first line for Vegas, second line. I think he's on yeah. the second line now Our- for Vegas. Either way, he's having a good year. I think he's having more fun. And actually, he looked he yeah. looked pretty good against Edmonton. I thought mm-hmm. the wheel the wheels were moving. He can still shoot the puck. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news here on the evening. Uh, this evening, Sunday night, Evgeny Malkin played his one thousandth career game as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. The only other player to play a thousand games with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby. There you go. And that concludes the headlines with the hacks. Alrighty. Uh, we had some questions this week for Ask the Hacks. So thank you to everyone that submitted them. I think I had a couple more today, and I don't think they all made it in here. But um, uh, one guy, one listener, he was he was looking to move dry sidle. And I, I didn't, I, this one's not in here, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, he was asking me, does this seem like too much for dry sidle? Uh, to to ask in return for dry side. And I said, okay, well, like, so I go and I look. Um, I think he was asking for Dougie Hamilton, Aaron Ekblad, and Nikita Kucherov in exchange for Leon Dreisaitl. And I said, well, like, why? I said, I don't think that's going to fly. I think that's, that's, you're asking too much just for dry side. I said, and you're talking to one of the biggest dry saddle fans around, but that's, that's a heavy. Yeah. So, he goes, uh, well, and I said, why are you trying to look to move him? He goes, well, I'm just, I'm trying to bolster my depth. I said, okay, well, that, that makes some sense. And mm-hmm. so what he ended up doing, um, he got Cooch and Ekblad and Spurgeon for Dreisaitl. That's not bad. That's a pretty not good haul. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Kucherov's been playing fantastic. Yeah. Ekblad will be good if you can stay healthy. So and Spurgeon isn't exactly a pushover either. No, I mean I, the Spurgeon to me, whether he does a whole lot for you or not, we'll see. Like I mean, because Kalen Addison hasn't been great either this year, right? I know everyone was was big on him, but um, yeah, he hasn't done a whole lot. So I mean, I think yeah, that's that's great value for Drysaddle. No, definitely. Okay, this one I think we we're chatting about. Uh, I got offered McAvoy and Kubalik for my Burns and Ben. Thoughts, uh, goals, assists, power play goals, power play assists, PIM, shots on goal, hits and blocks, 
Position-wise, it works out. Season-long league, no keepers. Um, I said I probably wouldn't do that trade. I like McAvoy. Um, but with the Lindholm situation, I find that a bit concerning. And the fact they've actually run five fours on their power play at times in Boston. Yeah. And then Kubelik, I'm just not really sold on. Like, he kind of goes up and down. He, he can be really effective at times and then not. But Jamie Benn has been absolutely fantastic this year. He's really wound back the clock. Um, whether that maintains or not, I, who knows. But And Brent Burns is just as steady as it goes. He's playing for an elite club. So, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Okay. Uh, should I be concerned about Victor Hedman? I yes. hope so. <laughs> yes, you should. yes, you should be concerned about Victor Hedman. Um, and this was pro- this was like early on in the week, and I just said, yeah, I'd be mildly concerned. Like, you know, monitor the situation and see how it goes. But it's it's continued all week still, and it doesn't look like Sergachev is really slowing down here. So, no, not at all. And now that their salaries are similar, it makes that move even easier for John Cooper to make. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know. It it sucks because really, ever the secret's out. Everybody knows that Sergachev's taken over for Hedman, so everybody knows his his value is down at the moment. So someone might decide to buy low on Hedman, but then you're not really getting the return you want for it anyway. So what do you do, Bruce? You probably just have to wait it out. I'd say. I would think so. I don't know if it's gonna be if it's gonna be this way the whole season, but as long as Sergachev stays hot, it's it's not gonna change. Yeah. So yes, to answer your question, I would be concerned about Victor Hedman at this point. Uh, next question, and it's, it's a bit longer here, so I'm going to try and rattle off all the info as quickly as I can. But this person is asking for trade advice in a bangers league, goals, assists, power play points, game-winning goals, pims, shots on goal, hits, face-off wins, and blocks. Goalie categories are wins, goals against, save percentage, and shots. Um, I won't cover up all the positions, but 18 slots and IR and IR+. plus. He is receiving Kevin Fiala, um, Philip Forsberg, and Tyler Sagan, and sending Jason Robertson, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Brent Burns. Bruce, I already know what you're going to say about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just reading just reading this now. It's just... yeah. So I mean, he's got his whole lineup set out here. Just I mean, I won't read it all off, but. Uh, he's just thinking Kuznetsov is stuck at center on Yahoo, which is difficult for forwards as I am lacking for depth. Trading for Sagan is similar value, and Sagan is center right wing. Uh, Robertson's hot, but will likely be on a similar pace as Forsberg and Fiala by the end of the season. Burns doesn't hit at all and blocks very infrequently. He is good for assists, power play points, and shots on goal. All these categories are more easily attained by forwards. I, I just said um, you're, you're not you're not trading Jason Robertson. Like right now, he's he's probably the best player in this trade right oh by a by a mile um, Forsberg and Fiala might catch up to Robertson but the way Robertson's playing now I he's playing himself up into he's playing himself up into the top tier very fast yeah and I think like I just yeah I understand trying to to address dual eligibility and and some of the positional scarcity but I don't know. Kevin Fiala has been playing third line minutes. Like we all thought he'd be playing on the top line, but it sounds like, um, what's his pickle? Todd, um, McClellan is, is happier to have him play on the third line because he, he thinks he's a driver and Fiala wants to be a driver. And so they're just letting him have mm-hmm. third line minutes. Yeah. So Fiala, I think his, his ceiling is up. His upside is limited this year. Um, Forsberg, we all kind of knew was going to regress based on what we saw from last year. Sagan's having a good season, but you're not going to swap Sagan for Robertson. Kuznetsov is going to be top line all season long, or at least until maybe late in the season. And you're not getting a defense and back to replace Burns. So, you know, you want to talk about positional scarcity, like you don't want to lose Brent Burns in that situation either. Yeah, because you're looking at, so he's got... Seth Jones, who's out with an injury. Ehlers, who's out with an injury. Like, yeah, I'd... He's got Martinez, who's good for blocks, which we talked about last week. Gudis is good for hits. Good for Carlson, hits. good all-around defenseman. Sider is Sider having a been... terrible year. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, like, if you, if you move Burns, 
John Carlson's your top defenseman, but then the rest of these guys are really just depth defensemen. Like they they would be third yeah. or fourth or fifth line guys on most really good fantasy teams. So, I I wouldn't do it personally. Like I'm I'm holding no, on I to wouldn't. Robertson and Burns. Yeah, I would too. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi back from IR. Who should I drop? Bertuzzi, Jamie Ben, Patrick Kane, Troy Terry, or Braden Shen. Others are untouchable. Categories include goals, assists, power play goals, power play assists, pims, shots on goal, hits, and blocks. I said, for as much as I like Tyler Bertuzzi, um, it, it'd be either him or Braden Shen for me, probably. Troy Terry's having a phenomenal year, even even better than last year. I think he's on pace for like 91 points right now. Oh, wow. Uh, so he's crushing it jamie ben like i said is just having an outstanding season Braden shen has close to a point per game right now pretty close yeah um i mean he hits you know his shot volume's fine he gets some time on the power play so and patrick kane for all those people out there really concerned about patrick kane and his 60 something point pace on the year like don't worry like he scored again tonight um he plays for a shit team right now and that's concerning. I mean, if he doesn't get traded, obviously there, there's that risk. But I think it's a it's a real strong possibility, Bruce, that he gets moved to the deadline. I can't see a scenario where he doesn't. Yeah, I can't see it either. Even for him being on a 60-point pace, the guy can stick handle in a phone booth. He'll be back up to a... By the end of the season, even if he doesn't get traded, I think he finds a way to get back to a point per game. In garbage time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I've got a lot of pa- faith in Patrick Kane. He's been on a lot of my championship rosters for fantasy, and I just be patient. Like, if he sucks until March 15th, do you care? Because playoffs don't start till April, so. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'd say Bertuzzi or, or Shen in that situation there. And then would you trade away Roman Yossi, Troy Terry, Dominique Kubelik and receive Miko Rantanen, Riley Smith, and John Klingberg. Um, I think this one came up this morning. And I said I would not. I really like Miko Rantanen, and I think he's he's maybe the best player in this trade right now. Yeah. But Riley Smith, kind of a depth add to me. John Klingberg is off power play one, which we'll talk about in our waiver ads too. But um, he's, he's just not really worth carrying at this point honestly so uh nope. yeah no i i don't want to lose roman yossi and I, th- I actually said yossi has more to give i think based on his his ish bruce and on his mm-hmm. stevish he's got some more to give uh troy terry's been good so i, I think that's going to hurt your depth if you like smith and klingberg are not doing much for you i don't think no i think yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't make that trade either Okay, uh, so that does it for Ask the Hacks tonight. Thanks to everybody that submitted some questions. And I can't even ask Tyler about this, but as a member <laughs> of the Hockey Podcast Network, the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast is a proud partner of DraftKings. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers of DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Uh, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Once again, that's promo code THPN. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed um, by referencing all the material in our notes. So go check it out. Uh, Okay. Give me one second here. Sorry, I'm just making a note. Okay, let's move on to edge work here, Bruce. Starting with the NHL schedule for week seven. And of course, I can't move on without saying that this is the segment where we put in the work to give you the edge in your fantasy hockey leagues. John would never let me live it down. (laughs) 
And actually, I, I had to chuckle to myself. When I was reviewing the NHL's Week 7 schedule, Bruce, I was reminded of a quote from one of my favorite movies. Oh. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. And the, do you know the movie, Bruce? Which movie is that? No, I have no uh, That's Dumb and Dumber for those of you that uh, don't know. But except the NHL did not redeem itself in any capacity with its schedule this week, Bruce. There are a total of 55 games on the schedule featuring just three light days. That's 50% or fewer of NHL teams in action. With Tuesday having two games, Thursday zero, and Sunday five being exceptionally slow. Now, I understand that Thursday is American Thanksgiving, but when, what, 50% of the league is made up of Canadians? We want some hockey on what would be an otherwise meaningless weekday for us. So I don't understand why we have zero games and we have such slow days like two games on a Tuesday. What are you doing here? <laughs> anyway, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday will be packed days on the schedule with 10, 15, 14, and 9 games respectively. So just just a really unbalanced week. Uh, the schedule's just been kind of wonky this year, I think. In terms of optimizing for the schedule, Anaheim and San Jose both play four games next week with three of them coming at home and one taking place on light days for both clubs. Both teams have fairly favorable schedules overall with a minus 10 rating for Anaheim, who plays St. Louis, New York, Ottawa, and Seattle, and a minus one for San Jose, who takes on Ottawa, Seattle, LA, and Vancouver. Uh, 15 other NHL clubs also play four games this upcoming week with 12 teams playing three games and just three teams, Detroit, Florida, and Tampa, playing in a pair of games. According to Left Wing Lock's strength of schedule metric, the Detroit Red Wings, again, have the most favorable schedule at minus 37. I have to go back and look. That may be a typo on my part, but um, they face Nashville and Arizona at home. No team plays in fewer than two games this week, but the Oilers do have the toughest schedule with a plus 25 strength of schedule rating. Excuse me. The Oilers are on the East Coast this week, taking on New Jersey, who is 12-3 and three right now, Bruce, uh, or at oh, the time boy. of writing anyway. The New York Islanders, who are 11-6, and six, and the New York Rangers, who are 8-6-3. and three, All teams currently with more points. Um, they take on Jersey tomorrow night, or I guess as you're listening to this, the Monday night they play New Jersey, looking to, to wreck their streak. Are they going to do it, Bruce? Yes or no? If they can play the way they play tomorrow night, the way they played Vegas, <coughs> they have a chance. Okay. They have a chance. Yep. I think so but too. But they, they, yeah, they all, they'll need to start Skinner for sure. Because if they're going to start Campbell, then they need to score a lot. Yeah, I thank God for Skinner. That's all I can say. <laughs> He's been fantastic so far for him this year. Fantastic. Yeah. I I feel like better just knowing that guy is there is going to get better. Um, like he's been unreal. Absolutely unreal. I'm just going to get a little sidetracked here. This little. Give give Stuart Skinner some love because I just haven't been able to make this guy my lock of the week yet. But uh, <laughs> in nine games, a two point five two goals against average and a nine thirty save percentage. Can't go wrong with that. No, and and far and away the best mustache in the game. Absolutely. So if you haven't picked that guy up, he's still available. Go grab him. Um. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, Bruce. You're gonna trim soon. <laughs> All right, just to cover the schedule really quickly here, Monday, 10 games, Tuesday, 2, Wednesday, 15, Thursday, 0, Friday, 14, Saturday, 9, and Sunday, 5. And then let's move on to NHL Week 7 waiver wire targets, starting with Blake Wheeler, who's 44% rostered. Um, I think we all know he's not the player he was the past couple years. For most of the past decade, he's been a 75 to 90-point player in his sleep. Um. He's, he's fallen off that pace a little bit, but he does have six points and three goals in his last 10 games and four games on the schedule this week. Makes for an appealing streaming option, I think, in my mind anyway. Definitely. 13.8-ish uh, is up nice. versus his three-year average of 11.7 and his shot volume's down at 1.8. But his team's even strength shooting percentage with him on the ice is just 7.3%, so some optimism there. And then I, I actually found this interesting, Bruce. Last year, Wheeler posted just seven assists through the first 16 games of the season before exploding for 53 points, 17 goals in 49 games the rest of the way. Oh, wow. So 
kind of a similar situation this year so far. He's got 10 points, four goals through 16 games. He's actually off to a better pace, but um, he is a bit older. Sometimes it takes the old legs a little while to get going. So <laughs> yep. uh, maybe you expect a bit more from Blake Wheeler moving forward. And, and the Jets have been he, playing as a whole. Have been playing better this year too as a whole than they were last year. Absolutely, and and he's still getting top six minutes with Dubois and Perfetti, but he's off power play one now. He's playing on power play two, but um, still worth a look. Anyway, in my opinion, it'll be it'll be fine. Trevor Moore, Oilers fans have nightmares for the next couple weeks about <laughs> this guy. Uh, he had forty eight points last year, and he didn't re- really receive much attention for it, but. He, he was noticeable when the others played them in the first round. Um, I think that confidence carried forward, and he had a hat-trick against the Oilers on Wednesday nights. So he's got five goals on the season so far, uh, eight points and four goals in his last 10 games played. He's playing over 18 minutes a night. He's shooting at a career-high 3.2 shots on goal per game, and better yet, he's got a career-low 7.9-ish, Bruce. So lots of room for improvement there. Definitely. Uh, he's 40% rostered, three games on the schedule, minus 16 strength of schedule. He is playing with Deneau and Arvidsson on the second line. So, And I think that entire line is is widely available. Um, yeah, so some good I value picked, there. Up, picked up Arvidsson last week because they played four times, and he had pretty much every goal that Moore scored last week. Arvidsson had, the, had one of the assists on it. There you go. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, we mentioned him earlier. Center right wing eligible, just 12% rostered. Four games on the schedule this week, a plus seven strength of schedule rating. Um, I didn't see when I, at the time of writing, he wasn't on any lineups, but I'm sure we'll know more about that uh, today or tomorrow, being Monday. Monday. As people are listening to this, Monday. Um, But he's expected to return, like you said, Bruce, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, I think many will recall just how good he was down the stretch last season. He had 58 points and 23 goals in the final 57 games of the year. He was shooting at nearly 19%, and his 5-on-5 shooting percentage was 13%. So, obviously, his production was boosted by luck. But, I mean, do you really care that much if he's still putting up the points in fantasy? Biggest question is, can he stay healthy? Yeah. So when he's healthy, he can can put up points, but he's got to stay healthy. Give him a look anyway. I mean, he's going to get top-line minutes and, and top power play minutes. So, there it is. Uh, Sam Steele. So you mentioned him to me yesterday, Bruce, playing with uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Yeah. Uh, not not bad line mates to find yourself with. No, not bad at all. Um, and then he and then he made good on that, and he actually scored a goal and an assist yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed. Up, uh, sorry, go ahead. Set up Golagoski's uh, winner winner in overtime. Yep. And I noticed he was. Just under sixty percent in the faceoff dot, um, nice. and then that that line at even strength, Bruce. They outshot the opposition seven to one, and outscored them one to nothing. They'll probably get a second shot at that line, probably. I, I would think so. They looked pretty good yesterday, so for sure. Give him a look. Just twenty percent rostered. Three games on the schedule. Uh, Thomas Tatar, 20% rostered, four games on the schedule this week, minus 12 strength of schedule rating. He's playing with Heischer and Zetterland and on power play two. Uh, he's actually pointless in his last three games here, but before that he posted nine points and two goals in his previous seven games. He's still on pace for 50 points. He's shooting at his highest rate, uh, 2.1 shots on goal since 2019-2020. And like we just mentioned a couple minutes ago, the Devils have been white hot, so... Mm-hmm. depth guys on hot teams always make for a nice streaming option definitely most definitely uh speaking of streaming options jason zucker finally looks like a player again 39 percent rostered <laughs> uh three games on the schedule he's playing with malkin and rust and on power play two he's got 15 points five goals and 16 games played to date this season uh it should, you should note that his, his shot volume is the best we've seen from him since 2017-2018 at 2.7 shots on goal per game. And he's thrown 44 hits, Bruce, in 16 games, so just under three hits per game for this guy. That's nice. It's a nice little bonus, especially no for bangers leagues. Yeah. Uh, 10.3 Tevish, so slightly not elevated. Bad. But not not terrible, but obviously a little high. So, uh, yeah, I like Jason Zucker. So if you got a chance, grab him. 
Uh, Logan Couture, 32% rostered, four games on the schedule. Uh, I was surprised he was this low. His uh, roster percentage was that low. Yeah, people had just kind of given up on this guy. Um, power play one. I should mention by I should start by mentioning Bruce. His shooting percentage is at nearly twenty two percent. That's a nice ish. That's holy ish. We're gonna we're gonna see some regression <laughs> for that guy. Probably a little bit. Uh, Fourteen points and eight goals in nineteen games, though. So some decent production from him and one point five hits per game. Uh, ten points, six goals in his last ten games played. So he's worth a stream anyway for for an upcoming week where he's got four games. Most definitely. JG Pajot, I kind of just stumbled across this one, actually. Uh, 14% roster, but four games on the schedule this week, a minus six strength of schedule. He's playing with Palmieri and Johnston and on power play two. Um, he's off to his best offensive season since 2019-2020 when he posted 42 points and 26 goals in 67 games. Excuse me. Right now he's on pace for 50 points and 14 goals. He's got seven points and three goals in his last 10 games. Um, his shot volume has really fallen off at 1.4 shots on goal per game, but his 11.5 individual shooting percentage is below his three-year average of 15% as well. But in bangers leagues, 3.06 hits per game. And he's playing just about 18 minutes time on ice and over two minutes on the power play. You can't go wrong with that. Like he can, he can keep playing that puts some points up. That would be a huge help for, well, look at the way the Islanders are playing right now. Again, another depth player on a hot team, and if you can get three hits per game out of a player. No, that's really good. Nothing wrong with that. So, Okay, that does it for forwards. Let's move on to defensemen here, starting with Noah Hannafin. 52% rostered, four games on the schedule, minus three strength of schedule uh, rating. Playing with Anderson on the first pairing and on power play two. Uh, he had 48 points and 10 goals in 81 games last year, but he's been a relative flop to start the year with just five points and one goal through 15 contests. However, those five points and that one goal have come in his last eight games played. Oh, well. Uh, shot volume, three three shots on goal per game is great. He's shooting at a career low 2.2% and playing at a career high 22.17 per game. So definitely some reasons for optimism with Noah Hannafin. And like I said, four games, so kind of an ideal time to take a swing on that guy. Uh, this one I really like, Bruce, Luke Shen. Never thought I'd ever say that before, but uh, <laughs> here we are. Luke Shen, 51% rostered, four games on the schedule. It's actually a tough schedule for them, plus eight strength of schedule with two matchups against Vegas, one against Colorado. Uh, but he's playing on the second pairing with, with Quinn Hughes. And... He's an absolute category coverage monster. So the guy's from Saskatoon, so he gets a little, little, uh, little bump from us. Little bump from us for that reason. And then he leads all NHL skaters in hits this season with 81 over 18 contests. That's an 82 game pace, Bruce, of 369 hits. That is really nice. Yeah, insane. So uh, producing an average of five hits per game over his last 10 games played. He's also on pace for 32 points and should post roughly 100 pims and 100 blocks. I don't know how you can ask much more for, than that from a guy who would probably be your, your fifth or sixth defenseman on your fantasy roster. No, most definitely. That's been fantastic. I was actually trying to pick him up here in our Yahoo League, but I was a little behind on that. A little slow to get him. A little slow. This one's surprising. Cam Fowler, he's just 5% rostered, four games on the schedule this week, minus one strength of schedule rating. He's playing on the top pairing with Kulikov, and now he's playing on power play one. Um, He put up nine goals and 42 points in 76 games last year, but he's on pace for just 27 this year. However, massive minutes, playing just about 25 minutes per night, including 30-27 against Detroit on Tuesday. Wow. Um, also of note, over his last three contests, he's taken over power play one from John Klingberg. So 66%, 73%. I think it was another 65% power play share his last three games while posting six points and one goal. And like I said, four games on the schedule next week. So a good streamer. Pretty much, yeah. John Klingberg, if he's on your roster, maybe put him on the bench and grab Fowler for, for yeah, this week. Right and see how it goes. I got to go make a couple of roster changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just lost Bruce. 
Actually, hey, the, for for our experts league, Bruce, maybe take a look at that one. Uh, we got Klingberg on our roster, so I got Klingberg on another roster too. I was just yeah, gonna go look at yeah. that. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So there you go, Bruce, drinking the the hacks Kool Aid again. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, look, there's Klingberg punt. There we go. Uh, <laughs> last defenseman here, Ian Cole. One percent rostered. Two games on the schedule next week, so maybe not an ideal ideal time to grab this guy, but. Uh, he is playing on the second pairing with Mikhail Sergachev. So, obviously, we talked about him lots. One of the hottest defensemen in the league right now. Um, he's posted four points, Ian Cole has. One goal and 11 hits in his last four games played. Um, some nice category covers, too. 20 shots on goal, 23 hits, and 32 blocks to date. So Very nice. If you're in a deeper league, that's probably something I would look at. And then moving on to goaltenders here. So we talked about Philip Philip Gustafson, who is 20% rostered, three games on the schedule. Uh, he's basically a temporary starter for Minnesota until Marc-Andre Fleury is back. Yep. Um, and he's actually been pretty good. I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I think if I go back here. Let's look at his game logs. Um 952 save percentage, 839, 946, 969, 920. So he's had one stinker in five outings, but otherwise he looked fantastic. Not bad at all. Uh, Jeremy Swayman, and I don't have John here for this, but 69% rostered. Uh, three games on the schedule for next week. I mean, we all know how good Linus Olmark has been, but I, I would say... Keep an eye on the situation. See how things go. If if Swayman's available, I would take him just as a speculative ad uh, in yep. case Ulmark falls off a bit or gets injured or something. But um, Needs some rest. And and needs some rest too. I mean, Swayman was fantastic last year. So there's no yep. reason to think he couldn't get a little better this year. And Boston's been so good. It's worth having him, I guess, is just to pick up some good starts every once in a while. Definitely. Casey DeSmith, I'm, I got to say, I'm disappointed in my Jari pickup. I finally draft the friggin' guy, and uh, and he's not playing so well, Bruce. <laughs> Oops. So enter Casey DeSmith, who has started four of the last seven games for the Penguins as Tristan Jari continues to struggle. Uh, DeSmith himself has posted fairly pedestrian numbers, I guess. A 286 goals against average, a 907 save percentage, and a .385 goals saved above average. But I think still a worthy streamer while he's playing as part of a tandem in Pittsburgh. And I'm just going to pull up his numbers here really quick, Bruce, because for tonight, because they're playing Chicago, and I think they probably won that game, did they not? Uh, it looks I like it. So, so. Yeah. But he let in three goals again, so a 3.00 goals against average and 906 percentage. So, I mean, not great numbers, but if you're, if you're in a league that counts, say, five or six points for a win or something, I mean, DeSmith is going to get you some wins. So. He is. Uh, Jonas Corpusalo. So just being the train wreck that is the Columbus Blue Jackets and all the injuries they have. <laughs> uh, we mentioned earlier, Merzlikens is out. And he wasn't putting any weight on his left leg. Bruce looked, you know, not not, yeah, not great, right? Didn't look great. Um, so Aaron Portsline of The Athletic later reported Merzlikens would miss up to two weeks with a lower body injury. Um. Corpus Salo's got a 3-1-1 record. This is before yesterday's game, I think. Um, well, and today. Because they beat Florida, didn't they? They sure did, 5-3. to three. So how did Corpus Salo fare against Florida today? Oh, he did not play. Okay. Uh, anyway... Nine hundred nine save percentage and a point seven seven goal saved above average. So he's been he's been serviceable, I'd say, in limited sample sizes. Uh, maybe just be selective with his matchups, and that might be a if you're looking if you're desperate for goaltending somewhere, Corpusala could be an option. Yeah, and then Craig Anderson just with uh, with Eric Comrie out, as you had mentioned earlier, Bruce. Yeah, Anderson looks to get a few more starts here. Three three and zero record with a two point eight two goals against average, a nine ten save percentage, and a point seven nine goal saved above expected. Uh, serviceable numbers. So and then a favorable schedule coming up here, um, save for the their matchup against the Devils. And that does it for waiver wire ads this week, Bruce. Let's move on to weekly rankings powered by Left Wing Lock. Uh, so if you haven't been listening recently, new to Edge Work this season, we've got our player rankings, weekly power rankings powered by Left Wing Lock. 
Uh, I've got the link in the description here on the blog. Uh, or just check out the, the main navigation menu of the website, fantasyhockeyhacks.com, and that'll be updated regularly. We're going to go through rankings, risers, and fallers, and who is new to the list. So rankings, risers, uh, and I should mention, again, this information comes from our buddy Mike at Left Wing Lock, and he provides these write-ups, Bruce, which I think we find fairly entertaining. So <laughs> Definitely. Uh, okay, starting with Kyle Connor. So rankings, risers. Uh, left wing for Winnipeg, plus eight this week in our rankings, up to number 27. Mike says there's no greater weapon early in the fantasy hockey season than patience. Managers who weathered the goal-scoring drought of Kyle Connor were rewarded this past week with a Thursday night hat trick yes. with a shooting percentage of just 8.5%, a Tevish of just 6.5%, and an IPP of just 64%. There's a lot more scoring on the way for Kyle Connor. Hold the line. Absolutely. I have total faith in that guy. Um, yeah. yeah. If you have I, him, hold I, on to him. I turned down four trade offers for people trying to get him from me. <laughs> and Mike was one of them. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, Kyle Connor is one of the best goal scorers in the league. Mm-hmm. Like the guy at some point, he's going to sleep. Yeah. At some point, he's going to start scoring a bunch of goals. And it looks like that started. It's just really funny because Winnipeg's off to such a good start. And he was not. Yeah. So just funny those things happen sometimes yep um i was singing yossi's praises earlier and it just turns out that yossi is in our risers category this week so yossi produced five points in three games this week and is currently on pace for 65 points on the season he's coming in lower than expected so far largely due to an unlucky shooting percentage of 4.1 percent his career average is 6.4 percent that difference has cost him just under two goals in his first 18 games Yossi is 10th overall in shot generation at 4.1 shots on game and first among defensemen. When that shooting percentage turns the corner, the points will flood in. So that was actually something similar to what I had said to uh, a listener when he was asking about trading off Yossi. It all starts with shots, Bruce. I mean, a, a guy that shoots four times a game, that's that's really hard to turn down. Something's got to go in or get deflected. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Larkin, plus 15 this week, up to number 48, so he makes our top 50 in our weekly rankings. Larkin was a late-round steal again this summer with an ADP of 144. He has five. He had five points in three games this past week, bringing his total production at 22 points in 18 games. Throwing monster numbers on the power play, so he's got eight power play points in 18 games played, 4.13, well, f- over four minutes power play time on ice, and 800-plus face-off win pace, and you're looking at a solid production across several categories. Mm-hmm. be aware that Larkin's production is being boosted by luck so his Tevish is at 11.8% if you've had thoughts of trying to move Larkin he's probably sitting at peak value uh, I, I'd say he's a perennially perennially underrated player he just seems to Definitely. be you know just underappreciated by fantasy players everywhere every year yeah I just missed drafting him in both my teams this year yeah okay uh, on to our fallers this week Again, it's funny because we had uh, questions about Kevin Fiala, and here he is. He dropped 16 spots this week to number 118 in our rankings. Fiala was limited to just two points in four games this week as the Los Angeles winger was dropped to the third line. He's currently on pace for a respectable 70-point season. Your level of disappointment with that scoring rate depends on which side of the fence you were on with regards to Fiala's projections this summer, some of which were very high. He's coming in just a little shy of both FHH's and left wing locks projection projections, which had him in the 75 to 79 point range. Um, so look at us, Bruce. Our, our projections were, uh, were not too terrible, actually. And remember, he's always seems to be better in the second half of the season than the first half of the season. That's right. Second That's half. How he's been, yeah. So he's been for the past three years. And I would not be surprised if this is the same this season. Yep. Doesn't matter where he's playing. Well, and, and if the Kings are kind of on the bubble or it's close, like they may just bump him up into the top six, right? He's not going to play yep. on the third line forever. So, no, not for the amount of money they're paying him. No, they want him to score goals. What are you there for? So, yep. Uh, Johnny Goudreau down 12 spots to number 123. Goudreau was drafted this summer with an ADP of 20. I would never take him that high, just for the record. I just don't have that kind of faith in, in Goudreau. No, I don't either. Well, and we talked about it in our preseason rankings. Like he just, he had an ideal season in a contract year in Calgary in one of the best yeah. lines in hockey. And then he went to Columbus. 
Yeah, two thirds two thirds of that line isn't even in Calgary because Kachuk left too. Yeah, so and, he, and he's playing with effectively a, well, pretty much an AHL team at the moment in Columbus because the rest of them are hurt. I just yeah, the, it, it was such a head scratcher for me. I just I still think that was I would I, anyway I won't get into it. But uh, managers who took the bait on drafting him are likely in trouble as he's on pace for just seventy three points this season after his hundred and fifteen point campaign last year. Is all lost for these managers? While Goudreau did manage three points this week, his shot production is down to 2.9 shots on goal per game. It was 3.2 last season, and he has just one power play point through 17 games. You should expect his fortunes on the power play to turn, but drafting Goudreau this early was a big draft day mistake that managers are unlikely to recover from. And if you would listen to our preseason projections, or if you had bought Mike's left-wing lock draft kit, kit. you'd be laughing right now. Yeah, because somebody else would have them. Yeah. Would not have been your problem. Um, all right, Trevor Zegers down 19 spots to number 126. Zegers is coming in just under his expected pace at 16 points in 18 games. While he did score three points in three games this past week, his drop in the rankings is a result of anemic power play production. He's on pace for just 14 power play points. Anaheim currently ranks 28th in the league in power play opportunities at just 2.83 per game. Making matters worse, the Ducks rank 31st in power play efficiency, converting opportunities into goals at just 13.7%. We say this a lot, but it's an important principle in fantasy hockey. There's no category more difficult to replace than power play points. Most definitely. All right, and then new to the list, Bruce, I know you're a fan of this guy, Mason Marchment. Definitely. Left wing, right wing eligible. Uh, he comes in at number 188 to our top 200 weekly rankings. Marchman is quietly having a solid season for the Dallas Stars. He scored four points in three games this past week and now sits at 12 points in 18 games so far this season. That scoring rate, which is sustainable, puts him on pace for a 55-point season. Left-wing lock projected him at 56 points. Very nice. So again, for next season, go buy Mike's draft kit. You will not regret Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Okay, so that does it for the podcast this week, Bruce. Uh, as we will do throughout the, the remainder of the season, we're going to talk about our, our holiday hacks, holiday contest at the end of every episode. So help us celebrate 100 episodes of fantasy hockey fun. We appreciate all of our listeners and partners that have uh, supported us throughout our time with the show. Um, and so we are sending one listener and a guest on a hacks holiday to Vegas in February. Thank you to our partners, Lucky Bastard Distillers and Left Wing Lock, for their support in making this contest possible. The winner will receive two tickets to a Vegas Golden Knights home game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, Saturday, February 18th. Two uh, round-trip tickets to Las Vegas, a three-nights accommodations at a hotel near T-Mobile Arena, and one-year free subscription to the Left Wing Lock iPhone app. So make sure you go to the, the page, fantasyhockeyhacks.com slash hacksholiday, and follow the directions to enter the contest. The hack the code number for this episode is four. So be sure to go check that out on the contest page. Uh, check us out on FH Hacks on Twitter and Fantasy Hockey Hacks on Instagram. If you have any questions you want to submit for Ask the Hacks, fantasyhockeyhacks at gmail.com. Bruce, it was fun. We'll it see is. you next week. I'll be there. Take care. Hey, good night.